0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Utes. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian Brown. Brian, it is Friday. We have made it to our first week as a podcast duo. Our first official week, I guess I should say. How are you, sir? I
1: feel like the luckiest man alive today jake okay
0: who do you think you are are you trying to pull a mickey mantle or who was it mickey mantle that pulled that oh, it was lou gehrig. Blue gehrig. Blue gehrig. Blue gehrig
1: yeah no no i'm not retiring from the podcast early no it would just uh it's been a great week we've had a ton of content mm-hmm. the feedback from everyone um what a, and and we have a game on saturday so what better way to close out the week uh, our first week, yeah. then to uh, get to talk about the Utes and, and football and basketball tomorrow or tonight
0: and everything else. Yeah, Brian kind of laid it out what we're going to cover today. We're going to preview the Washington State regular season finale for Utah football. We'll also talk a little bit about Utah and Idaho. They're running Utes in action, their final non-conference game of the season. And also... It's the Pac-12 title game this weekend, so we might as well talk about that a little bit. Examine what to expect from USC and Oregon when those two heavyweights square off tomorrow. When those two square off in the Pac-12 championship, so a lot to get to ahead on today's podcast. It's all brought to you today by our good friends over at Coors Light as well as Built Go. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit. What do you say, Brian? Should we get going here? Let's do this thing. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for December 18th, 2020. What's up, everybody? Once again, this is Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah sports. We are available everywhere podcasts can be found. Brian likes to say it. We want five-star ratings only. And I wish we had some videos so people could see us doing the five-star things we're doing regardless. Like those old Subway Five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the $5.00 foot. Five, five stars. <laughs> (laughs) Five stars only I like it, well done Yeah, we watch you guys' ratings and reviews for the podcast We appreciate you guys' support so far It's been a phenomenal first week, I can tell you that much We've had great response from you, the listeners And a big thank you to all of you Who have joined us each and every day to talk Utah sports Brian, should we start off with Utah's regular season finale Against the Washington State's Cougars? I mean,
1: why not? (laughs) You know, <laughs> yeah, like we've made it this far, Jake. Why not?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Of course, uh, Utah playing the regular season finale of the 2020 season. It's been a really, really weird year overall. Just not even just football terms, just overall and overall life. But Utah finishes out their season at home at Rice-Eccles Stadium against Nick Rolovich and the Washington State Cougars. And I've got to say my first thought on Washington State, and this is just my perception of it, Brian, feel free to disagree with me, is that this is far from what Washington State is going to be under Rolo. I think this is very much a first year. He's trying to kind of implement what he wants to do. But in coming years, you're going to see the true iteration of what Nick Rolovich and Washington state is going to be.
1: We talk about how this year has been crazy. And I I think Washington state is a classic example of that with all the effects of COVID and, and quarantining and the pandemic and everything like that. This is a program that's really gone through a lot of, I don't know if there's a better word than adversity. I, sure. don't, I almost kind of want to say trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from the whole We Are United movement and, and the starting that it kind of had with the Washington State player that was making all the graphics and everything like that, mm-hmm. and, and then players getting told that you know they weren't going to have it and everything like that, I think it's not indicative of Nick Rolovich. I don't think it's indicative of the kind of program he runs, the kind of coach that he is, and what he wants to do at Washington State. Um, they've been hit by the COVID, you know, issues as well and and, and had to, for or not forfeit, but cancel some games. Sure. Yeah. And I think all that is just so perfectly encapsulating for for where we're at right now, right? Like, yeah. it's not been perfect. It's not been easy, but, but we're here. There's one more game on the schedule. I don't think either of these teams are going to accept a bowl bid. Um, I, I've heard a lot on the University of Utah side of things. Kyle Whittingham was pretty... Pretty telling, you know, we have a segment that we're going to do eventually called In Our Estimation, which is a Wittism, um, where we kind of read between the lines. But in our estimation, Witts basically said he doesn't think the players want to play in a bowl game. He supports them in that endeavor. It's just been a really difficult year. I've never heard Kyle Whittingham talk the way he has about what the pandemic has done to, to affect his program,
0: yeah, you're yeah, you're not kidding. And he said he's going to leave it up to the players. So if the players do ultimately want to play, and there's an option for them, they may pursue it. But I, I'm with you, kind of looking between the lines, man. I got to think that there's going to be a long, hard discussion about actually going to a bowl game if it comes to fruition. The biggest thing, first things first, if Utah does want to go bowling, they have to win this game. The Pac-12 rules require that you have either a 500 or better record. So you cannot be two and three in Utah's case and go bowling per Pac-12 rules. So you have to win this game first off. Let me be clear right up front. Utah should win this football game. 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah, I, FPI is, is not a perfect predictor, but they have the youth's favorite, well, not favored, but projected at, at 74%. Yeah. So those are pretty good odds. Three out of four chances the youth are going to win this game. Um, and, and we can dive into why that is. I, I think Utah's defense has really grown and developed this year. I, I think they've found an identity. I, I think that young secondary, they're still making mistakes here and there, but I think they've really grown and developed JT Broughton has become as consistent a defensive back in that backfield as, as the youth have had, you know, I, I don't yeah. think he's elite. I don't think he's a star yet, but he's been consistent. He's a great tackler. He, he executes his assignment. Vontae Davis has played way, way better than I expected him to. And I can say that now because he is playing well, <laughs> but if you'd asked me at the beginning of spring, if Vontae Davis was going to be this guy, I would have said,
0: He's shaking his head. Just to, the people out there in podcast world, you can't see it, but he was shaking his head. So you're you're right. This defense has come a long way. It's been a good year in that regard for Utah just to get a lot of looks at guys like a JT Broughton. I think Clark Phillips in his own right has been very good out there as a true freshman. I'm with you. Devontae Davis has been impressive considering what I expected as well alongside you. Uh, Brian, real quick, let's run down some of the players that uh, from Washington State that Utah fans will want to be aware of in this game. I think the biggest name that's returning to the lineup for Washington State in this game, and he might in theory, be their best offensive player. He just hasn't been available a lot this year, is Max Borgie, the star running back for Washington State. He, according to what we have read from multiple reports out there, the Spokesman Review up there in Spokane, I've seen in the Seattle Times, he is expected to be available for this game. He has not been able to play much, if at all, so far this season. So getting him back for Washington State, I think will give them a glimpse of what to expect from him in this offense. And he is a true uh, weapon for a team like Washington State that likes to use their running backs out of the backfield.
1: And this is a very different offense than in years past. You know, I I think they've demonstrated that they they like to mix in the run game, it's a lot more, I want to say, exotic. Sure. Uh, a lot more motion a lot more movement uh, the Mike Leach era it was basically inside zone and draw they had two running plays that's
0: all they needed it was the air raid it's the true air raid was the, the simplest it, the, the most I guess original air raid system you will find now with what Nick Rolovich favors he favors a more of a run and shoot offense which yeah it does mix in more of the run Dion McIntosh is their leading rusher 304 yards on the year Jaden Delora the true freshman quarterback he's passed for 682 yards this year a 60 point four completion percentage four touchdowns against three interceptions has not done a ton in that offense but like going back to my original point I really do think that this offense this Washington State team this is just year one of what I think is probably a three or four year plan to really make them into what Nick Rolovich believes they can become
1: it is and and I think I think he almost made the decision early on for this offense when he named Delore the starter right, right. yeah they kind of knew no, they had a good initial game against Oregon State, came out with a win. I think they were fighting through COVID issues at that point in time. In fact, if I remember correctly, they had almost thirty players that were either quarantined or out. Um, so they were still still able to feel a competitive team, but you can see where it's taken its toll. You know, against USC, they looked very discombobulated. Uh Rolovich does some weird things with his quarterbacks where he like rotates them. Yeah. And, and I think, being a former quarterback, he understands how to communicate with them, so that it's not a so much of a like like a, a negative. <laughs> um, but but in this offense, I think there is a lot of. I almost want to say benefit from sometimes seeing it from the sideline perspective, watching someone else work through it. And and with a young group, you know, I I think that's really important, but I I think if, if Washington state really wants to win this game and and I'm sure that they do, it's gotta be Max Borgie. I think he's gotta be, he's gotta have a strong game and, and and all indications are that he's going to play all indications are that he's going to be healthy. But I think that's how you set the tone going forward is making sure that he gets, uh, fed.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I'm, I'm in wholehearted agreement there. Uh, a couple of other guys, real quick, before we switch over and talk about the Pac-12 title game, defensively. Uh, by the way, Washington State plays defense, by the way. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. It's, it's, and special teams. It's, this, it's bizarre. This is a different uh, Washington State team than it has been under Mike Leach. Uh, Leach, it was all about that air raid offense, but they play a better branded defense than they have previously. Uh, Daniel Isom is their leading tackler on the year with 23 total tackles. Jihad Woods uh, right behind him with 22 tackles. I think both of those players are pretty solid. A guy that I have been in impressed with in the limited uh, times I've seen Washington State play though on defense though is a guy uh, named Brennan Jackson uh, and he he has 16 tackles on the year he actually is tied for the I believe the team high in sacks on the season with 1.5 it's been a very um, spread out uh, sack total for Washington State But what I've seen from him he's got some talent I think that he could have an interesting uh, matchup against Utah's offensive line and we'll see how they hold up but Everything that I see from Washington State leads me to think that Utah should win this game and should win it relatively comfortably.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's not the same passing attack that Utah has struggled with in years past, and also I think the secondary is playing with some confidence that they didn't have at the beginning of the year against USC. the The personnel for this team is is just not on par with USC mm-hmm. or even with Washington. Uh, you know, there are some good. We've talked about Dion McIntosh. We've talked about Max Borgie. He's a guy that you've got to keep an eye on. But the matchups that I really like are Utah's linebacking core against this Washington State offense. Uh, Devin Lloyd, uh, Nephi Sewell, who has been playing kind of in that hybrid nickel safety linebacker role, Mm -hmm. Sione Fotu, has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, uh, for a – true freshman to be so fundamentally sound and assignments sound like that. Um, super impressed by him. I mean, shout out to Jordan Gomez. I don't know if you know Jordan or not. He's a frequenter over at Ute zone, but yeah. Jordan was in my head all summer long. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. So props again to Jordan. He knows the stuff, but it's, I think on the defensive side of the ball, Utah matches Washington state. I think on the offensive side of the ball, Jake Bentley's found some confidence. Yes, he's he's starting to to make plays through the mistakes, which is that's the, for quarterbacks that's the biggest part, and and I'm sure for a kid like Jake who knows it's kind of his last shot that every time he threw a, an interception or made the wrong read or anything like that, um, and we haven't talked about it a ton this year, but how he's transitioned from a more spread style at South Carolina to a more traditional style offense with Utah. I'm sure was a little bumpy initially, especially when you have to do it on the fly, when you're going into your first game as the backup, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this offense, I don't want to say that it's clicking by any stretch, but I think they found some footing. And when yep. you start to have that foundation of confidence to where you can do a few things and, and we might as well call that foundation, Ty Jordan, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. He is the foundation. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, so I, I think this is an interesting matchup. It is a day game, 11.30 a.m. Uh, kickoff up there at Rice Eccles Stadium. The nice part is, is it means the pregame show on the Zone Sports Network, which both Brian and I work for, you can catch Hans Olsen and Frank Dolce on the pregame show starting at 10.30 a.m. Of course, we'll have postgame coverage immediately after the game goes final. The nice part about all of this, Brian, it's a day game, and you can go enjoy your evening once the Utes go out there and win, hopefully.
1: I mean, it was great last week. Yeah. You know, I think Utah fans might have been a little reticent. If you can't be at the stadium, then there's no reason that you don't want to get this one out of the way and, and bask in that that kind of afterglow of a victory. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's 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 going to be unusual too because I think there are probably some seniors on this Utah team that likely won't be back next year. Sure, um, you know it, this game is taxing. And I think for guys who maybe don't have the future in the NFL, it, it may be time to move on. And, and, you know, if this is the year that you close it out on like, good luck to you. It's probably not fair that you go out that way, but I think everybody's had to deal with the unfairness of, of 2020. Um, but regardless, you can tune in, you can watch, uh, you can support the youths through that, um, you know, well wishes on social media, whatever it is. But I think this is, Given everything, this is a great opportunity to end this year on a high note and and do it, you know at the time of day that's really nice because yeah. maybe you can get your
0: Christmas shopping done. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. So we'll we'll track that for you. We'll have a recap on our Monday edition of the podcast. Stay tuned for that. But coming up here in just a moment, we are going to preview a game that's happening tonight. Is the Pac-12 title game, the Oregon Ducks, the USC Trojans, uh, two of the heavyweights in the conference. By most accounts, people think they are the heavyweights in the conference. We'll preview that game here in just a moment. But Brian, of course, we need to talk about our good friends over at Coors light
1: jake i don't know if i've ever had a week where i've needed a course more than this one
0: you and me both dude it has been a week i can tell you that much uh let's put it this way um christmas is always an expensive time of the year My Christmas this year has become, I feel like, doubly expensive, especially just this past week. But you know what? The nice part is when you need to chill, when you need a chance to kick back, Coors Light is there for you. It is the perfect refreshment. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Brian and I just said it's been one of those weeks, so guess what? We're looking forward to kicking back, and you can do that with Coors Light. Check it out. Uh, You go to Coors Light dot com. You can learn more about this company. They do a great job. Even if uh, you've had a crazy week, or if you had a great week. Check it out. That's coreslightcom It is the one that we choose when we need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door, by the way, at get.coorslight.com. Like I said, delivery to your door, Brian. You don't even have to go out to the store and buy it. They will bring it straight to you. That's what we love about it. Please celebrate responsibly. That's our good friends at Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, Brian, of course, the Pac-12 championship game is tonight. Uh... And this Pac-12 championship game, um, I'm not going to say that the 2020 season needs an asterisk on it overall, but in this circumstance, I may be inclined to say you probably should put an asterisk on whatever happens in tonight's game. Do you agree with that? I
1: mean, asterisk exclamation points, whatever the the line through it, pick your symbol, like, double birds. I I don't care what it is, whatever your emoji jam is, go ahead and throw it right next to this game because it's not being played at a neutral site. Mm -hmm. It's not featuring the two championship teams from the North and South divisions. It's probably not even featuring the two best teams in the conference. If we're being honest, we're basing it off of records. Uh, It more or less is just a game that they threw together of, the two teams that will either get the most eyeballs or get the, the conference the furthest if they win.
0: Yeah, you're not kidding there. I think you're dead on with that. Uh, First things first, let's talk about the USC Trojans. Uh, Clay Helton, and this is just my take on this, there is not a more unhappy top 15 ranked team in the country than USC, and it's simply due to their head coach. Uh, I think that Trojan fans cannot understand or cannot fathom how a guy like Clay Helton continues to keep his job, but the only reason he keeps it in their mind is because he has – superior athletes and they win in spite of him in most people's in their minds I think
1: I think Clay Hilton is a very misunderstood figure I think he's dealing with a very very difficult job and a very difficult legacy at USC I think I think he's a good coach. I think he's a competent coach. I think he's proven that over the years. I don't think he's the coach that USC necessarily wants, right? Sure. They want the Pete Carroll re- remix. They they want, I think for originally they wanted Ed O. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they tried to recreate Pete with Sarkeesian and, and his off the field issues are, are well, well known, but I don't think there's, and I should revert they want urban meyer sure. but i don't sure. think urban wants
0: them no <laughs> and,
1: and and i don't blame herb he's got a great job like he's got a hundred fifty thousand dollars speaking engagement fee and he can speak twice a week and, and probably make just about as much doing the tv stuff as he would that sounds insane but it's the truth
0: yep um I actually don't know exactly how much his engagement fee is, but I know it's not cheap. It's up there. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so this game, uh, they're going to have Keaton Slovis throwing it to all kinds of athletes. I just look at Amon Ross, St. Brown. I look at Brew McCoy, and those aren't even the two best guys. You have guys, uh, who am I thinking of? The basketball player, the uh, Drake London. He, he's also just the wide receiving core for, for USC is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Vavai Malapai, I believe, is not available for this game, one of their running backs in that stable. They've got a lot of weapons on offense, speaking of USC. But conversely, Oregon, they've shown they got plenty of weapons in their own right. Tyler Shuck, I think, in his first year starting, has been pretty dang good here. And I'm expecting, this is just m- my take on it, I'm actually expecting a pretty high-scoring affair in this game between these two teams.
1: I don't think this is going to be a defensive battle at all. I agree with you hundred percent. I think Oregon has showcased that they are very inexperienced in a lot of positions, but also very talented. That defense has been impressive at times and leaky like a sieve <laughs> at others. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen Collanders that could hold water better. That's a terrible <laughs> joke. Forgive me. We're at the end of the week, whatever. Yes. Um, but they're young, you know, they're, they're starting freshmen all over the place. I think uh, Justin Thibodeau, who, who is probably one of the most impressive human beings I've ever seen in person uh, ha- has had a bumpy season trying to adjust to the role that they're asking him to play. Sure. He's, he's got his hand in the dirt a little bit more. They, they've had to play a little bit more of him inside and he's doing a lot more dealing with multiple blocks and things like that. And I feel like I've seen some frustration with him because he can't just pin those ears back and get around the corner and do what he does best, which is annihilate quarterbacks and tackles.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think on both sides, they both have a star pass rusher. Drake Jackson for USC is as complete a defensive end as I've seen in in the college game in the last couple of years. I feel like I think he's a great player, but you're also right. Thibodeau up there, uh, up, up in Oregon. You're right. It's been an up and down year for him. He is an elite, elite pass rusher, but when he's asked to do more of play the run and some of the other responsibilities he's been asked to do in the role, like you said, that he's playing this year, he has had his issues. So, I think this is an offensive shootout in this game. I'm going to favor USC. Uh, They've been the team that just won't die this year. We saw them come back two weeks in a row against both Arizona schools in dramatic fashion. Uh, We saw against UCLA last week. They just kept coming back. They weren't ever out of that game, it felt like, despite UCLA taking multiple leads. So I'm favoring USC in this matchup, but I'm expecting a fun game. I think this is going to be more of a throwback to the Pac-12 where you're just seeing two teams both teams in the 30s or 40s and whoever might hold the ball last wins this football game.
1: And honestly, I think that's the best outcome for the Pac-12 overall. Larry Scott was doing whatever he does today trying to say that USC deserves to be part of the college football playoffs. Sure. Good luck, brother. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I think this USC team has some some Interesting pieces on the defensive side of the ball. We've talked about uh, Drake Jackson, who I think is an incredible football player Mm -hmm. and probably really underrated. Um, I know that Utah fans watched their first two games from USC and looked at that team and thought, oh, this is a beatable team. This is not a good football team. My counter to that was, yeah, but did they lose? And they didn't. And and they've won seemingly in the same style every single game where it was when it came down to the nitty gritty, they were able to get it done. And Yogi Roth, who is my hero, I'll just get that out of there, whether you like him or not. Love Yogi. Li- live your life like Yogi, man. Like, like that guy. What a fountain of positivity. We need to have Um, him
0: on the podcast soon, by the way. Yes,
1: and we will. We will absolutely, because that's the kind of person that he is. He's willing to do that kind of stuff, even for chumps like us. But he made the point that while all these other teams across the country were practicing together throughout the summer, working out everything like that, USC was all over the world. Yep, You know what I mean? They'd send everybody home, send them all away. LA was like, you know, dead zone or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And and so I think – they deserve uh, some credit for that. I think they deserve some credit for hanging in there. I think that's where Clay Helton deserves the credit. I think if there was a candidate out there that you could point out and say that's the guy for USC, that's when you have to consider making a change from Clay Helton, right? Sure. But it, but at this point in time, you go with what he's done this year. You take, the, you take it and you roll it over into 2021. And if he can't duplicate success the next time around, then you can make that change and, and you've got a little bit more – um, under your belt, you've got a phenomenal recruiting class and everything like that. We strayed a little bit from the actual game and breakdown. I think Teleno Hufanga is a guy that I'm, I'm excited to watch. Obviously excited to watch that offense, excited to see what Keaton Slovis does. He's been a little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Um, but I think the overall picture of this game is it probably doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, no, and that's that's I think that's the best point to make right there. So looking forward to this contest. We'll see what happens. I I am with you. A high scoring affair actually probably is the best thing for the Pac-12 in terms of just garnering extra interest from the national media. I don't think the USC is going to challenge for the college football playoff. I think they're fiesta bowl bound and. You know what? You call it a year. If they win that game, they're undefeated, and they can have more hype going into 2021. And we have that discussion as we go through the off season. But looking forward to this contest all the same. Uh, we're going to switch gears back and talk some Utah basketball here in a moment. We're going to preview their final non-conference game against Idaho as we wrap up the week here on the podcast. But before we do that, Brian, we do need to talk about another one of our good friends at Built Go. Uh, you and I are both huge fans of the Built Branded Companies. I ordered the bone broth, by the way. I know you said you were going to do it. I'm going to give it a shot. I am terrified. I've uh, I have resisted bone broth and that whole deal, but I'm going to give it a shot. But Built Go is something I can attest to. has been a phenomenal addition to my diet.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, the bone broth I'll readily admit is not for everybody, but for, for someone like me, that's always, always going to have that athlete mentality of trying to find whatever edge it is, you know, like as we were recording, I just took two little cinnamon pills because it helps with my, my, uh, my joints, whatever my, my aches and pains, like the old man that I am. Um, but Built Go is that same thing, right? It, it's it's different from your standard energy drink. It's not thick and syrupy like, like, like a monster or anything like that. It is a shot. It is it is tasty. It, it is packed with the caffeine, mm-hmm. but it also has the, the vitamin B and the nutrients and the things like that that your body needs. So it's almost like having a little protein energy drink right there to, to start your morning off with a
0: bang yeah. and make you really build – up to the rest of your day well done yeah they want to help you break through whatever walls it might be whether it's physical or mental i do early morning sports sports radio in my day job i've got two young kids mid-afternoons for me are absolute nightmare i am gassed i'm ready to take a nap bill Go's been a phenomenal way for me to kind of break through that wall that seems to set in around one or two o'clock in the afternoon Regardless of whatever it is, guys, BuiltGo can help you guys. Like Brian said, it's got the kick of caffeine to get you going, but then the B vitamins, the collagen protein in it, kick in to keep you going long-term. That is the best thing out there. Check it out. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. Save yourself 20% on your next order. That's promo code LOCKED at BuiltGo.com. Let's go with BiltGo. All right, Brian, as we round out this week, and it's been a phenomenal week on the podcast, despite our personal lives um, having some other difficulties, I guess we'll we'll term them, but it's been a phenomenal week on the podcast. That's the truth of the matter. But let's talk. We've got two things we need to hit on before we go here. Utah Basketball plays their final non-conference game against the University of Idaho. The Vandals coming to the Huntsman Center. Uh, This game is set for 7 o'clock Mountain Time at the Huntsman Center there, and I guess my overall thought on this, Brian, as I said, is that Utah, the basketball power index from ESPN has Utah with a 95.7% chance of winning this game against Idaho. And what was your response right before we recorded?
1: Well, that just guarantees a loss, now, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> I don't. Maybe it does, but I think this is a game that Utah should be favored in. It should be a nice tune-up for them as they get ready for Pac-12 play. Uh, the biggest thing with Idaho is that they're 0 4 on the season. This is a program that's been beset uh, with uh, multiple NCAA issues under their former coaching staff, and they're still trying to work their way out of it. So, I, I think that this is a game where. Utah should go out there, be able to work through whatever's been ailing them in their previous games, and this should be a game that they should go out, I think, and run away with in blowout fashion.
1: They really should, and, and I'm curious to see what team shows up. It was very interesting to listen to Larry Kraskoviak in, in his commentary uh, with the media today earlier. Uh, he is very, very adamant in his team. He believes in his team. Uh, he believes in this conference, and and You know, the Pac-12 has not done well against other teams. And and maybe this is the COVID effect where while they're one and nine outside of the conference right now, you look at where these teams are located and and I don't want to have to bring bad news to the podcast, but it is very – difficult situations in, yep. in pretty much every single market that they're located in. And so some of that has probably carried over into these teams, maybe not being as prepared or as ready as they traditionally are. And, and so I think the, the more that you can get these kinds of opportunities to get a go ahead or a going away sure. type victory, the better it's going to be for this team is as, as they are putting in the, the most work that they can and, and they need to build some confidence. Um, I don't think there's anybody on Idaho's team that, that's really going to take over the game but yeah we kind of said that about utah valley and sure evan, enough
0: evan cole 31 and 10 so
1: evan cole just decided to prove me wrong so good luck with the locked on Utes jinx courtesy of, <laughs> of brian brown um, but what i really want to see is i want to see this team stop taking mid-range shots larry yeah. mentioned that as a conference i want to see Alfonso Plummer continue his, his hot streak in the last seven games dating back to last year, he's averaging 20.6 points on 53% shooting from long range. He's got to be that guy for the youths to give him some consistency and allow everybody else to gravitate to what he's doing. Um, defensively, I think they need to get on the boards. It, it's pretty simple. Uh, they've been fairly, fairly good at their rotations, but it's once that shot goes up, go get a rebound. Yep. Um And and this will be a chance for them to, I think, both get their conditioning up to to really focus for an entire half in the first half and not have any of these letdowns or these lulls, these scoring lulls that they seem to be so fond of. And to really be focused on cutting out those bad mid-range shots so that going into conference play, they have some good momentum.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, The only name I guess you would probably want to know from Idaho, he's their leading scorer and rebounder. It's DeAndre Robinson, averaging 11.5 points and five rebounds. Like I said, leading the Vandals in both categories. But I think this should be a good opportunity for Utah to go out there and get a blowout win, and we'll see what happens with that. We'll recap it on our Monday edition of the show. And, Brian, our final thing here, uh, we're over time, but real quickly, let's get our score predictions for Utah and Washington State in football. I'll let you have the honors. Go ahead.
1: I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot my shot here against my better judgment 34 to 17 okay. Utah uh I think Jaden Redding has been pretty consistent I, I think this team has proven that they can pull away it's the Kyle Whittingham modus operande he wants to suffocate early on and, mm-hmm. and, and then just continue to pound 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 and roll over the top late in the games uh I I Curious to see what kind of a role weather plays in it. I don't think that snow on the field is going to be as big as an issue if they're playing with on turf. But I have some confidence that this team, after everything they've been through, are going to fight for one more big win.
0: I'm with you on that. I kind of had a similar thought in my mind. I had it Utah 37, Washington State 21. So I think we're in a similar ballpark with one another in terms of our predictions. I think that Jake Bentley has figured some things out, especially in that second half against Colorado. And this may be his swan song for Utah, and he probably wants to go out on a high note and finish out his college career in a a nice way. This should be a big opportunity for Utah to go out there, I think, and prove that, you know what, despite the lack of games this year, we've had a lot of good success. And we'll be, of course, recapping that for you guys on our Monday podcast. Well, Brian, any final thoughts from you as we wrap this up?
1: Thank you, everyone, for for the responses, for reaching out. We we appreciate the suggestions. Uh, we appreciate the the compliments. We appreciate the feedback more than anything we appreciate those five-star reviews make sure you leave on itunes
0: yeah absolutely well for brian i'm jake have a great weekend join us back here on monday we'll have you guys covered in the lead up to christmas we're gonna have this podcast going every day and the best part is we're coming up on the new year be another fun year in 2021 with this podcast as well until then have a great weekend this has been the locked on Utes podcast for december 18th 2020 and we will talk to you guys soon